service. Disgraceland is brought to you by Disgraceland All Access. Disgraceland All Access membership is your chance to support the show and get ad-free listening, an exclusive scripted episode every month, and exclusive bonus content every week, plus access to an always-on chat with me and your fellow discos. Visit disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. What is up, my people? Real quick here, this pre-party bonus episode, it's got a uh, just a wild story on a kidnapping involving your mom's favorite singer. You're not going to want to miss this. Also in this uh, little mini bonus episode, we get into the Tupac Shakur murder indictment. Uh, here in the Disgraceland feed this week, we're bringing our Wu-Tang series closer to an end. Their old dirty bastard episode, we got that going on. The ODB episode two might be my favorite of the season. And uh, over in the Badlands feed, we are headfirst into season nine. Season nine, can you believe it? Nine seasons of Badlands with an episode on David Lynch. Uh, who killed Laura Palmer? Hint, it wasn't David Lynch. Uh, it was Amanda Palmer. No, it wasn't. I'm just kidding. All right. You got to make sure you're following or subscribe to Badlands though over in the Badlands feed. Check it out wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's get into this pre-party episode right now. Good morning and happy Monday, Discos. Welcome to our weekly advance mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours truly, the place for us to set the table for everything that we're going to be discussing and listening to this week, specifically this week's release, a new episode on Old Dirty Bastard coming to you tomorrow, as well as any and all music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And of course, this is where we start the conversation that we continue over voicemail, text, social media. And in our Thursday bonus episodes. All right, we're getting down to the wire on our serialized season on Wu-Tang Clan, which, believe it or not, wraps up next week. But first, this week, tomorrow, a brand new episode, Chapter 8 on Old Dirty Bastard, one of Wu-Tang's most beloved members, certainly the most unique. In fact, that was one of his own or original gnomes de rap, a son unique, as in a son unique. Uh, S-O-N, son, because there was no father to his wild style, or so goes the, uh, the story anyways. ODB merged drunken old school R&B with raw gonzo rap, both during his time with the Woo and also obviously as a solo artist on songs like Got Your Money. Uh, as his cousin, the Rizzo once said, there was no line between life and art for ODB. And in my opinion, those make the greatest musicians, the greatest artists, in fact. True to that statement, ODB's increasingly troubled life began to eclipse his art. He was charged with attempted murder of an NYPD officer. He was chased by a bloodthirsty Rottweiler, shot by men in ski masks, went on the lam from a rehab facility, and wound up inside an infamous prison in upstate New York where some crazy shit went down. So check out the episode to hear more about all this. And uh, yeah, I think you're going to dig it. All right, the number one song in America, as of the writing of this episode, once again, Doja Cat's Paint the Town Red, which has rebounded to the top slot after it was knocked down to number two last week by Drake's Slime You Out. An interesting thing about Paint the Town Red, the song samples the 1964 hit Walk On By by Dionne Warwick, written, of course, by Burt Bacharach and Hal David, who are credited as co-writers on Doja Cat's Jam, which means that this song is Burt Bacharach's first multi-week number one song since That's What Friends Are For back in 1986. And for Hal David, it's his first multi-week number one since The Carpenter's Close to You back in 1970. So there you have it, Burt Bacharach and Hal David still going to number one after all these years. 
Uh, rest in peace to both Bert and Hal. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the engagement, shall we? Let's get right into it. Let's do some emails. All right, Michelle Hayes writes in, subject, Michelle from the 601 in South Mississippi. Message says, I just have a recommendation, and it's probably somebody you've already heard of and maybe already know, and that would be Aaron Jones. I went and saw him in concert, and that also had Bush and Breaking Benjamin and Saliva, and I would have to say that Jones blew them all off the stage. I've been a fan of yours for a few years now, and I listen to all of it, all of Disgraceland, all of Badlands, really dig it. Keep on rocking Rockarola. Um, I gotta admit, I don't know who the fuck we're talking about here. Aaron Jones? Man, I feel stupid. So here's what you gotta do, Michelle. Hit me back and give me a little bit more info on Aaron Jones and what the true crime may be. All right, this one from Harrison Godin writes in, subject, I need help. Message, hi, I'm wondering why the John Denver episode isn't available anywhere. My boss told me the story, but I have to hear it for myself. Can you help me? I sure can, Harrison. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. So what's going on is I'm guessing your podcast player has not auto updated or something. I don't know. Reinstall the app. See what happens. If not, if you're running into trouble, you can always go to our website, disgracelandpod.com. Go to our listen page and scroll around and there you will find a John Denver page and you can click on that and you'll have about six different ways in which you can listen to the episode. So there you go. All right, we get this one from Jonathan Epstein. Subject letter says, it ain't pretty, but it's suspicious. In the sense in this article that I've seen a little bit elsewhere, Katy Perry. Headline is, why there's a proposed housing law named after Katy Perry. An ongoing legal drama inspired the Perry Act, which would protect seniors against ill-conceived home sales. Uh, This is the type of thing that's semi-interesting, but not interesting enough. All right, this one comes in from the 610. Jonathan writes, subject is, uh, while binging Disgraceland and Badlands. Hey, it's Jonathan from the 610, and I wanted to check in. I got my start listening from a recommendation by a great friend, Tex, in the 541, telling me I had to listen to the Keith Moon episode, and I've been hooked ever since. I love the subjects. I love the storytelling, style, and research you bring to your subjects. I know you were asking what people do while listening to the pod, and I wanted to chime in. This past weekend, I binged a whole lot of your podcast while cycling 50 miles in my 19th annual ride to raise money to cure multiple sclerosis all the way across New Jersey. Thanks for being my co-pilot for the ride in Rockarola, Jonathan. Jonathan, that's amazing. Congratulations. 50 miles, man. That's, uh, yeah, that's something, dude. And all for a good cause. Love it. Thanks for writing in. You guys want to hit me up? Let me know what you do while listening to Disgraceland. Just introduce yourself, whatever. Easy to get in touch with me. Disgracelandpod at gmail.com. And take a quick break. Back in a flash. All right, time to shift some gears and get into some Disgraceland subject history here. On October 9th, 1940, John Lennon, the one and only John Lennon was born in Liverpool. That means he would have been 83 years old if he were alive today and hadn't been gunned down by Mark David Chapman outside his apartment at the Dakota Building in New York City. We've covered now John Lennon and the Beatles extensively here in Disgraceland. And also, uh, we did a whole other serialized season on John Lennon for another show that we have called Blood on the Tracks. We've got a whole season of that show about John's assassination. Go check that out. It's in its other feed, Blood on the Tracks. But like I said here in Disgraceland, he's been the subject of three episodes, not to mention another eight episodes on the Beatles and coming next year, a ninth episode on the Beatles, believe it or not. Will it be our last? You're going to have to tune in and find out. On October 11th, 1981, Prince 
Prince infamously opened for the Rolling Stones at the LA Coliseum. Now, this is back in 1981. This is when Prince was relatively still unknown. It was around the time of his album, Dirty Mind. Now, if you can visualize the cover of that album, you can visualize what he looked like when he took the stage. Open trench coat, thigh highs, jet black speedo. Not that Mick Jagger, who Prince was opening up for, not that Mick dressed like a prude, but still, all right? Remember, this is the early 80s when genre lines were not so easily crossed. And the Stones crowd did not, uh, did not mingle with the Minneapolis funk crowd and vice versa. So in front of tens of thousands of people, Prince was booed, if you can believe that. This is back again on October 11th, 1981. The audience was throwing stuff at him. He left that night totally defeated. He actually flew back to Minnesota. Uh, he had to be convinced, I think, by Mick Jagger to return and do the, ne the next show. Uh, Mick was actually one to give Prince a pep talk when he returned. He later said, quote, I talked to Prince on the phone after he got cans thrown at him in L.A. God, I got thousands of bottles and cans thrown at me, every kind of debris. I told him if you get to be a really big headliner, you have to be prepared for people to throw bottles at you in the night. Prepared to die, unquote. <laughs> I don't know about you, but you got to love. Uh, I, I just love fucking life coach Mick Jagger. Uh, so for more on Prince, though, check out our episode from season five of Disgraceland. And finally, on October 12th, 1978, Nancy Spungen, girlfriend of the Sex Pistols Sid Vicious, died from a single stab wound to her abdomen, killed by the same knife she had bought for Sid Vicious, her boyfriend, so that he had protection when he was scoring dope. She gave this knife to him just a few hours before he died, apparently. And Sid, one of the most notorious figures in the world's most notorious bands, the Sex Pistols, again, the Sex Pistols, was charged with Nancy's murder. We covered Sid and Nancy all the way back in season one of Disgraceland. Here's a clip. Heroin could be procured easily. Getting ahead in the music industry is tough stuff. And getting ahead in the music industry with a two gram a day habit in a motel tan is brutal. So having a dependable supply nearby was clutch. Nancy quickly began to make strides managing Sid. By September of 78, she had a string of high paying East Coast gigs lined up at three to four grand a pop. His solo band was hot shit. Mick Jones from The Clash was on guitar, and the New York Dolls rhythm section was enlisted, which meant Nancy's former obsession, Jerry Nolan, would be along for the ride. Sid didn't mind, though. He and Nancy had a different kind of love by now. It was post-sexual, more maternal than on fuego. Jealousy didn't enter into the equation. Sex was boring. Heroin was God. Music was a means to an end. Cash for much-needed dope. Jerry Nolan could come along. What did Sid care? At the end of the night, he'd be the one knotted out at Nancy's side no matter what. The gigs paid off. Nancy was flush. But scoring heroin was getting harder. Finding good dope in New York wasn't always easy. Sometimes, you had to head uptown into more dangerous, less known territory and deal with really sketchy addicts along the way. I mean, what could you do? You couldn't complain to your regular dealer that his shit was, well, shit. You were likely to get cut. It was better to bite your tongue and take your business elsewhere. Nancy loved Sid. The last thing she wanted was for him to get stabbed scoring dope. So on October 10th, 1978, she bought him a Jaguar K11 knife for protection. It had a five-inch blade that would end up in her stomach within a number of hours. All right, I play you more, but you're going to have to go find the Sid Vicious episode in your Disgraceland feed to hear the rest. And then after that, check out our two-part episode on Sid's band, The Sex Pistols. 
I'm now going to take a quick break and I'll be back in a flash. Hey, Discos, it's Jake here. Thank you so much for listening to Disgraceland. Your support truly means a lot to me, and it's because of you that my team and I are able to make this show. If you want more Disgraceland, if you want more regular interactions with me and the community of Disgraceland listeners, or if you simply want to listen to the show ad-free, go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership, or just click on the link in the show notes for this episode. For just five bucks a month, you can listen to every episode of Disgraceland ad-free. Plus, you'll get one brand new exclusive episode every month. You'll also get weekly unscripted bonus content, special audio collections, and early access to merch and events. There are two ways that you can support the show and become a member at disgracelandpod.com slash membership. You can sign up using Patreon and listen to the show ad-free on Apple, Spotify, and most other major podcast platforms. And Patreon members also get access to all the other perks of membership in an always-on chat where I'll be interacting with you and diving deeper into the world of Disgraceland. But maybe you're currently an Apple Podcast subscription listener and you want to just tap into all the bonus audio content and ad-free listening that we're offering. We're also offering this membership as a premium channel on Apple Podcasts. However you choose to join, all you got to do is go to disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Support the show for just $5 a month, five bucks, or sign up for an annual plan and get two months free. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland All Access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. All right, let's talk about musicians in the news behaving badly. The big news this past week has got to do with the murder of Tupac Shakur. Uh, I told you recently that cops raided the Las Vegas home of Crips affiliate Dwayne Keith D. Davis. Uh, well, now a Nevada grand jury has indicted Keith D. Davis in Tupac's death. Davis is charged with murder with use of a deadly weapon in the killing. During that raid, police reported collecting multiple computers, a cell phone, and a hard drive, a Vibe magazine that featured Tupac, several 40 caliber bullets, two quote unquote tubs containing photographs, and a copy of. Compton Street Legend, which is Keith Davis's tell-all memoir, where he said he broke his silence over the rapper's killing in 2010 during a closed-door meeting with federal and local authorities. And at the time, he was 46 years old and facing life in prison on drug charges when he agreed to speak to those authorities. This is very interesting. Davis later admitted to being in the front seat of Tupac's shooter's vehicle. He admitted this publicly, and he implicated his nephew... Uh, saying that he was one of the two people in the backseat. Now, his nephew was the person that got his ass beat down by Tupac and Suge Knight prior to the fight they were attending in Las Vegas, the boxing match, the Mike Tyson fight. So Davis goes on, though, back to the shooting, said that the shots were fired from the back of the car, and uh, he did not name who the shooter was, saying he had, had to abide by the quote-unquote code of the streets. 27 years since Tupac was shot dead. 27 years with no charges. So what do we think? Is this it? Is this the guy? I don't think so. I think there's more to it, and I'm going to be pissed off if we don't get this information and get it soon. Uh, more coming on this. All right. In the news, Cher. Yes, Cher. Your mom's favorite singer, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know your mom. Despite what people say, I don't know your mom. Cher has been accused of hiring four men to abduct her adult son. Okay? Cher has been accused of kidnapping her adult son so that he could not reconcile with his 
then-estranged wife. This information is coming from court documents concerning Elijah Blue Allman, who is the son of Cher and Greg Allman, of the Allman Brothers, of course, Allman Brothers Band, who filed uh, for divorce from his wife. Cher's son filed for divorce from his wife and then reconnected with her the following year. This was back in 2022. Now, the couple, Cher's son and his wife, were in a New York hotel room when four men entered and abducted Cher's son. This is on uh, November 30th, their wedding anniversary. In a declaration signed by Cher's son's wife, her name being Marie Angela King, uh, that declaration has her saying that she was unaware of her husband's whereabouts or well-being and that she, she was told by one of the men that, that they were, quote, hired by petitioner's mother, unquote. So Cher's daughter-in-law, her son's wife, Marie Angela King, was then asked to leave the couple's home, which was owned by Cher, without retrieving her belongings. Cher's son, he struggled with drug addiction, was then watched by a caretaker hired by his mom, Cher, at the Chateau Marmont in L.A. before being taken to a rehab facility. This is very messy, and this is uh, uh, kind of crazy. The idea of Cher hiring kidnappers to abduct her son is just mind-blowing. I hope we get more on this information. 617-906-6638 or at Pod on the socials to let me know if you got anything on share, you got anything on Tupac that you want to share, or just, you know, you just want to talk, whatever, whatever it is, hit me up. All right. Let's wrap this advanced mini episode up for us. Now that we've set the week here in Disgraceland. number one, get ready for a new episode hitting your feeds this week in Disgraceland. old dirty bastard chapter eight in the Wu-Tang Clan saga. Number two, I've got questions and I'm looking for answers. 617-906-6638. I want to know what's on your mind. I want to know what you think of Cher. I want to know what you think of Tupac. 617-906-6638 with your answers, your voicemails, your texts. Disgracelandpod at gmail.com on the email. Hit me up. All right. Old Dirty Bastard on Tuesday. New After Party episode on Thursday. We're back here on Monday with another one of these advanced mini episodes to kick off your week and to land this plane. I am going to read to you the Billboard charts from the week of October 7th, 1978. The week that the knife that Nancy Spungen bought for her boyfriend, Sid Vicious, ended up in her abdomen. Number one, kiss you all over. Exile. Last week, one. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, 14. Number two, Boogie Yogi Yogi, A Taste of Honey. Last week, two, Peak Position, one. Weeks on chart, 16. Number three, Hot Child in the City, Nick Gowder. Last week, seven. Peak Position, three. Weeks on chart, 18. Number four, Don't Look Back, Boston. Last week, six. Peak position. Peak position. Weeks on chart. Weeks on chart. Number five. Summer nights. John Travolta. Olivia Newton-John. Podcast. Last week. Five. Peak position. Five. Weeks on chart. Ten. Number six. Reminiscent. Little Riverdale. Last week. Peak position. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut.